This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we continue a theme that we started Monday morning, and that theme was triumphing in the Lord, living a victorious life in and through Jesus. And it all goes back to the fact of the accomplishment at the cross of Christ Jesus, his willingness to die and uh, be buried and ultimately be resurrected because he wanted to bring salvation to a lost and a dying world. And we read uh, a, a devotion by E. Stanley Jones, uh, a great man of God who served in India for over 50 years. And he was share and he pointed out that Paul, writing to Timothy, was sharing a part of his own testimony. And we see it in First Timothy chapter one, verse thirteen and fourteen. Though I formerly blasphemed and persecuted and insulted him, being Jesus, I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Well, overflowing, it was a word that Paul created because the grace that he received was so much more than anybody can anticipate. And even that's true for all of us. We were dead in our sins and trespasses. We were living in darkness. But the grace of God was so great that we became new creatures. So Paul was not limited by the Greek language. And sometimes I find myself not being able to express my love or appreciation to Jesus. And perhaps that's why God gave us a heavenly language. But we need to come out of limitations in our language and in our lifestyle and take the example that Paul really was. Let's look at the words that were so extravagant when Paul described Jesus. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities... He made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. That word triumph was not a typical Greek word. In fact, what Paul used here was a Greek word, thriambuo, which didn't exist. It meant to conquer and give victory so far above just a normal victory. We see the same thing in chapter 2 of Corinthians in verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us in his triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Again, that, that super abounding 
triumph is what Paul is speaking about, that we hope we can start to live in that superness. And we find, Shelley, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10, I would like to read in the Amplified, actually starting at verse 9, we are persecuted and hard-driven, pursued, but not deserted, to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. Verse 10, always carrying about in the body the liability and exposure to the same putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered, so that the resurrected life of Jesus may be shown forth by and in our bodies. For we who constantly live, experiencing being handed over to death for Jesus' sake, why that the resurrection, the life of Jesus, also may be evidenced through our flesh, which is liable to death. So there's something about the life of the Lord in us that bears witness to Israel that Jesus is the Messiah because a Jewish believer is more than they could be when Jesus lives his life in and through us. And the same thing with the body of Christ where Jew and Gentile are one that's supernatural, yes. and God enables his life in us to embrace any persecution or any bodily injury in a different way, Shelley, because Jesus' resurrected life in us gives us the power to be supernatural. He's transforming us. Therefore, we become witnesses to whoever we're with, wherever Amen. he sends us, because right. Jesus goes with us. Uh, going on, we looked at Romans 8, verse 37. It says, in all these things, and I refer you back to Romans 8, all these things which were extremely difficult things, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And New American says, we are overwhelmingly, we overwhelmingly conquer. Now, we need to see that Paul went beyond, again, the Greek language. The word for conquer in Greek is nikeo, but he uses a word hooper, nikeo. And hooper, the prefix hooper in English means super. Everything was so far above what we can imagine. And that's who God is. He does exceedingly abundantly more than we can even think or imagine. Romans 5.20, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Here again, Paul added the prefix hooper to the ordinary word for abound. And we realize how sin abounds in the world. We're living in darkness. We're living in chaos and difficulties. But the grace of God abounded so much more than the sin. It wasn't on a par. The grace of God is so much more abounding than the sin. 2 Corinthians 7, 4. Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulation. Again, New American says, overflowing with joy. It wasn't just joy. 
Paul couldn't be satisfied with just another ordinary word, but he found another word, overflowing with joy, exceedingly joyful. We need to see that we should be jealous for such a life like this. And again, I want to repeat the verse that um, E. Stanley Jones wrote regarding Paul's testimony. 1 Timothy 1.14, the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Okay, now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's read from verses 8 to 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. How shall the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? For if the ministry of condemnation was glory... Much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. He's talking about the glory of the law given on Mount Sinai to Moses and the ministry of righteousness given in the new covenant. For indeed, what had glory in this case has no glory on account of the glory that surpasses it. Now, the word surpasses wasn't a Greek word, but Paul created this word. It's so super bellow. It's, 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 you, it's like you thought you saw glory before. Wait till you see this glory. Again, the, can, you, can you sense the extravagance that Paul had when he spoke about the Lord? And I pray that, Junie, you and I and all of our listeners could begin to uh, lift up our, our vision of who the Lord is and live in a supernatural way because everything to Paul was super. So the glory that excels other glory, that's what Paul was talking about when it came to what Jesus accomplished and is accomplishing in all of our lives. All right, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. So he spoke speaking about the super glory, the super grace, the super power. Yeah, Junie. I just wanted to point out there that, you know, the sin is not what the glory is, but the ministry that produces and fosters righteous living and right standing with God is in the Amplified Version, which enables us to serve through the resurrected Christ. That's the glory. That's um, greater than uh, Mount Sinai or greater than the righteousness that is seen because Jesus became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. But it's his resurrected life that came in Shavuos, in um, in, uh, Pentecost, 50 days after his resurrection. He was the Jewish Messiah. He's the king of the Jews. He's the savior of the world. And he sent the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, that changed the 120, that turned the world upside down, Shelley, and that same spirit lives in every listener that knows the Lord and you and I today, that our life, his life in us, when we live by the spirit, can change everything, even if nothing changes. Hallelujah. We change everything. Amen. Okay. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to Ephesians chapter 1, a glorious portion of Scripture. Ephesians 1, let's look at verses 18 and 19. This was Paul's prayer, the exuberant and extravagant Paul. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know 
What is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Verse 19. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. Do we see this? Paul added this word, surpassing great. It wasn't just great, but what is the surpassing greatness of his power? Junie, you know, of course, we know that the word power in Greek is dunamis, dynamite. But we need to apply these things into our own lives. We'll say it again tomorrow. But listen to the, uh, to the uh, prefixes that Paul put onto such words that we get used to. When he spoke about grace, he spoke about the riches of grace. When he speaks about power, he's talking about the surpassing greatness of power. When he was speaking about love, he said abundant love. When he spoke about joy, it was overflowing joy. When he spoke about glory, it was surpassing glory. And when he spoke about greatness, it was exceedingly. What could we do? Junie, I pray that we get, all get encouraged. This is the lifestyle that God has provided for us, all because he was willing to follow the Father's will and suffer his death on the cross that we might have life and that more abundantly. Isn't that incredible? It is incredible, Shelley, and it means that we need to give our life to him, yes. that he might live his life in and through we us. We thank you, Lord. We thank, thank you, Lord. you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. What can we say? We're wordless, but hear all of our hearts, and I pray that we would begin to pray that we could live a life that's extravagant to you. In Yeshua's holy name, amen. amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.